It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Thanks, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. We're, uh, this is what, episode number? I'm not counting. Right? It's like kind of like marriage. You don't, you you don't stop count. counting, I guess, after a while, right? Well, actually, no. We we have been married uh, four years. <laughs> nine months. No, it's 46 hours. So. Um, but who's counting? Right. Because every I, day is a new day. It, and Boy, is that the truth. Right? Wow. So, um, speaking of marriage, actually not speaking of marriage, speaking of love, um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because we don't talk about it enough, right? On this damn show, it's all about love. It is about love. But it's really what we um, are talking about in terms of love is the question of the ages, the great philosophical debate. How did Donald Trump get elected? Uh, an anonymous, anonymous. Um, no. Get the fuck out. <laughs> okay, so that's really what. We're- no, we are going to talk about love. And whether it happens by accident or on purpose. Okay. That's a good start. I have thoughts on it. I have thoughts on this subject. I sure hope so. I do. And I, because I feel I go both ways. Okay. And, um, but I feel that, yes, it happens by, I, okay, here's where, you want to know how I feel on the subject? Uh, I don't think I would be able to stop you if I didn't. Okay. Here's how I feel. I think love happens by accident, for the most part. I do. I think it happens when you are least, when you're not looking and you least expect it. But, caveat with that, that it also happens on purpose because you are prepared for it. Correct? Okay. Right? I I don't know. If it's accidental, uh, are you ever prepared for an accident? Are you ever you know, ready to say, oh, I didn't expect that, and but I prepared for it. So, I mean, you could be a Boy Scout and be prepared, but uh, when it comes to love, I think there is a, an attraction. And an attraction, I don't think you're ever really fully prepared for. And they, I think those are kind of accidental. And they're beautiful when they happen. Uh, and, okay, go ahead. No, and, and preparing for something like that I, I think I, I don't see that as working out. I don't see us being able to prepare. I'm going to prepare to go out and meet somebody tonight. I don't. No, you, you well, you can. You can plan for it. You can be prepared for it. You can uh, manifest it. You could be in the mindset and um, to. Am I talking? Okay. Uh, that, yes, I'm going to manifest love. God damn it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do this on purpose. And I'm going to uh, do whatever it takes by any means necessary. Okay. And sometimes that means um, uh, putting yourself in a 
in a place, a physical place, a position to have uh, somebody run over you so you can, they, they can't avoid you uh, physically or that you will be in their line of sight or something. And these are, I guess, helpful ways to meet somebody that you are attracted to. Um, but at that point, we're only still talking about the initial attraction. And when you let me know about what our show was about this week, I thought, wow, that's a, it's, it's really great fodder uh, for subject. But how can you make an initial attraction sustain? What, how does that happen? And, and is, you know, I don't, we don't have a really analytics as to if accidents can cause long-term relationships uh, or if planning has a better success rate, but I'm curious about that. But, but what we're talking about really is where, how do we get to the point of attraction? Is it by accident? Is it by planning? Okay. So yes, I think um, it happens by accident. And then I think that you could also create it on purpose. You can make it happen. And and that is your, that's kind of uh, your work to do. You, um, you know, that that's, we get to this every week about, you know, the self-care and the self and the work and doing the work and making sure that you are healthy and whole and stable and able to um, attract quality, good quality people into your life because you've been working on it because you've been doing the the inner work so that you magnetize good, healthy people into your life Um, because water does seek its own level. I do find, I do, I do believe that. So, um, so today we're going to have two, they, they're relationship experts but they're also soulmate coaches. What about Orna and Matthew? Oh, and then we're going to have Orna and Matthew. And, and Matthew. Okay. <laughs> okay and and their whole premise, their program, is to create love. How to create love on purpose? Because they are of the belief that that you do make it happen, mm-hmm. and and I do believe that because with most things in life, you you make shit happen, man. You know, by the sweat of your brow, most times you have to really have the conviction and you have to be compelled to uh, to want it and to want to make it work. Well, I think that we do prepare to get ourselves in position for opportunities and opportunities in dating, opportunities in love. I think it's a very important thing that we are... Uh, able to react and respond in kind if something crops up and we were not expecting it. Uh, I'm talking, of course, as a former single person, uh, because you you have to always be um, ready, available, and able to recognize opportunities when they exist. I think that people have a tendency to be meek and timid and not necessarily recognize an opportunity when it presents itself. Yeah, I, I agree. I think love is an opportunity, just like anything in life. And you got to be prepared for it. But I, I'm not thinking love at this point. I'm just thinking attraction. Well, you know what? Well, and attraction is what we are attracted to. So whether it's uh, a glance from somebody in the market or, you know, you see them from across a restaurant or wherever it is, um, that is the first line of appeal that you are going to go, oh, wow. That was nice. I want to see that again. Right. So, but but there was work to get to that point. There yes. was there was preparation yes. 
Preparation H. It wasn't open. <laughs> I knew I you were going to say well, that. You know, <laughs> there might have been preparation H in the preparation of it. I mean, you got to be, you know, you got to feel good everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get that burning oh, sensation, boy. here we go. Um, it's most likely you're just really attracted to someone. But I want to say one thing about luck. You know what they do say about luck. Uh, you I never, forgot. What you do never they say? know when you're having good luck. Oh no, that's that's another line. Oh, I that's see kind that. of like the the silver lining line. Uh, when all you know, when shit's going wrong, you just say to yourself, "Well, you never know when you're having good luck." That's what I always say. Okay. No, no. What the you know? What luck is the definition of luck? What? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay, but so, well, it has something to do with um, it's like something plus preparation equals luck. Planning, preparation. What you know? Oh, there's a formula to luck. Yeah. Okay. It's not. It's not just happenstance. Yeah. Luck doesn't. Sometimes it does happen by accident. Mm-hmm. But but they do. There's a saying. I can't remember what is that. You know what I'm saying. I can't think of it though, honey. I'm sorry. I mean, let's just let's take us for example. Okay. Okay. That's how do we meet? We weren't looking. We were not looking. I wasn't looking. I was not looking either. In fact, I didn't care. I think you gave up looking. You were done looking. I was done looking. That's another shot. Right that moment, Uh, I was never close to it and uh, never thought that something could happen and uh you know how we met was you know very interesting and it was uh, on facebook uh initially but um uh we physically met at your 50th birthday party which was a lovely affair so but I, who knew that what would happen there I, right yeah. so so this this sort of it stands to reason that um when you don't expect it uh love can happen and yeah. it taps you on the shoulder and it says hey you hey, know, hey, I'm here. Have a shot of tequila. Yeah, and, and um, but but I also was ready for it. You're a drunken lush. I wasn't. I am. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but um, were you prepared? Of course, I was prepared. Even though you were resigned to not find. Do you know how much work I did on myself? <laughs> no. To get to that moment. All right. At my 50th birthday, where I could have a, put a smile on my face and be happy and but it was, and be optimistic and hopeful for the future and not depressed and under the covers, which is where I, you know, I could have been. Uh, That's what I'm saying about the about the preparation. Mm-hmm. That um, it's it's incumbent upon you to do whatever work you have to do to make yourself available and receptive to someone great coming into your life which usually happens by accident and and then after that that's a whole other thing what happens the next step how do you maintain it how do you sustain it maintaining and sustaining it with courage and conviction and and more work we could fall in love a hundred times a day via attractions and i think that the, the real key is how do you how do two people sustain that through a lifetime uh, and keep growing deeper in love. And that that's really, that's the beautiful thing, I think, about um, what I'm hoping that you and I have and we are developing. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think the best kinds are random. Okay, that I mean, really, in anything in life, it's you know, when like I said, you least expect it. It's it's kind of wonderful and serendipitous when it happens that way. Um, but Orna and Matthew Walters are going to teach us how to maybe expedite that process a little faster, maybe get a little better at it, bringing it in, attracting it, welcoming it, manifesting it. Mm-hmm. So that you're not, so that you can kind of like, you know, get a little head start on it if you're looking for love. And then we're also going to have uh, some guests on later uh, that uh, have some experience in this. Oh, yeah. Probably some input and probably are seeking some input as well as to how to, uh, you know, yes. sustain what um, they have. We've got a couple that. friends on that are truly, um, they've walked the walk. Mm-hmm. And they can speak from uh, experience and with great authority on the subject of finding love, keeping love, sustaining it, and the work that it takes. So we are going to go to our first break. And uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes with uh, Orna and Matthew Walters. Now, back to Done Being Single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Welcome back. Okay. So let's get right to it. Let's do it. We got a lot to cover. Yeah. Okay. Orna and Matthew Walters, they are soulmate coaches for spiritual, successful, resilient women who have everything except the man of their dreams. Just for women? No, I think they're for everybody. Okay. But but I I my guess is that um I don't know. More women might be needing their services than, mm. and I don't know, or men we'll, are. We will get into that. Okay. They are also the founders of the Love on Purpose Revolution, a global online event dedicated to busting the myth that love is supposed to happen by accident. Both Orna and Matthew struggled with love relationships. <clears throat> Who didn't? Who hasn't? For the majority of their adult lives. Hello. Individually mastered self-love, allowing them to come together to form a true soul partnership. Orna and Matthew work with clients all over the globe, utilizing the tools of transformation. They are dedicated to spreading the message that having love is an inside job and that it's never too late to find the love of your life. Their breakthrough coaching program, Bring In Your Beloved, is the only course in the world that allows you to identify and transform your love imprint Removing blocks to love so that you can love yourself and others more deeply. Welcome, Hello. Orna and Matthew. Hello. Come Thank on you. down. Thank you so much. We're excited to be here. Hello, that is, hello. That is quite an intro. There's a lot. That's very impressive. So I, the first thing I, I heard was mostly geared towards women, but it, it obviously applies to both sexes. Yes, absolutely. We we market to women, but our clients are women, men, bi, trans, gay, straight, lesbian, whatever. Human. Our clients are human. That's a beautiful thing. No, no animals. <laughs> well, penguins are good. I think burrows also mate for life. So you know. <laughs> But watch those farmers in burrows. Those are they've got some great are, some success yes. stories with some lobsters. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I've heard. Well, lobsters. okay, so we've got we've got questions, and you guys have answers. Okay, Bring go to on. it. Okay, I want to know why do some people find love easily, and and some people struggle to have and find lasting love? What would you say? What's what's the bottom of that? 
Well, see, this is the biggest myth of accidental love right here, right? Because we all know the story of that couple that met in high school, right, and married shortly after and have been happily married for 80-some-odd years and are just each other's best friends, lovers, right? And we all go, oh, see, that's the way love is supposed to work. And then we look at the rest of us and we go, oh, crap, why doesn't that work for me? What's wrong with me, right? And so it really is about understanding what's going on that makes that happen. And, you know, through the work we did over the years, through the work we did on ourselves and the work we did with our early clients, we, we discovered that there is this belief system. There is this behavioral system. There is this emotional trigger that we all carry within us, and it's formed when we're little children, about zero to six years old, right? We call it your love imprint. It really is the story that we have on the subconscious level about love. So our subconscious, the job of the subconscious mind is to keep us alive, right? So we are programmed for survival. And yet to have great love, we have to move out of a survival state to aim towards thriving. Because don't you guys think that nobody is thriving in life with having this part of their life sort of fulfilled, right? Nobody's thriving without the love box checked, correct? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You got so it. if we weren't loved the way we wanted to when we were little kids, and we don't mean for every moment, we know parenting is the hardest job there is out there, right? So we're not bagging on parents. But the truth is, is nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. So when we're a little kid, we make decisions about who we are and what's possible for us in love. And, you know, through the degradation, deg- I can't even say that word today, degradation degradation of the family unit, more and more and more through our society, we are um, raising children that have limiting beliefs about what's possible for them when it comes to love, because people are divorcing. And if you look at the skyrocketing divorce rates, I mean, people always say it's at 50%. I'm a stickler for details. 48% on first marriages in North America. By third marriages, that number skyrockets to 75%. So you have all of these family units that are breaking down and there's stepdads, stepmoms, you know, step, you know, half siblings, blah, blah, blah. Things get really complicated. So our subconscious mind says, hey, if you're alive today, you survived whatever you went through. Let me bring you more of the same so I know you'll survive because we are wired for that survival. So if you've never experienced the kind of love that you dream of, it's very difficult to find someone attractive who actually doesn't match the old belief system that brought us to the survival state, to the age we are right now in this moment. So, uh, okay, so uh, a little bit of a follow-up. Do you think that not having a good reference in your past of what love should be or could be could be a, a, a major hindrance in helping you find love in your own life. I, I, I definitely think it is. It's, it is one of the most major hindrances, the biggest ones, right? Um, and the thing is, it doesn't really matter if your parents were married or divorced, if you went through a lot of physical, mental, verbal abuse or didn't, right? That little child can see what's going on around them and make bad decisions about what it all means. We always say it this way, right? When, when we're born... We have no blocks to love. If you've ever been around a newborn baby, they just receive love freely. They give love freely. That's our nature, 
as human beings. And yet we learn very quickly that love is conditional in some way. And we don't have the ability when we're two, three, four, five years old to say, you know, well, gee, Mom, that's not really helpful. What would be really helpful is you just give me a hug and told me you love me and you believe in me and everything's going to be okay, right? We don't have the ability to make those kind of requests. Instead, we say, what's wrong with me that my parent is behaving this way? What's wrong with me that my dad, you know, is treating me this way? What's wrong with me that my parents split up? And we take on a belief system and we take on a, a, a behavioral strategy to try to feel loved within that limited, constricted system. And then that becomes this subconscious belief system. And so when we become early adults and we start dating, what we don't realize is what is attractive to us is what is familiar to us. So attraction is born out of what is familiar. So if you want to change that system, you have to change within the subconscious mind, which, of course, doesn't speak English or French or Swahili. You know, I can't say... You know, hey, Travis, subconscious, we want you to think differently about love. Ooh, right? We're not doing anything. No conversation is going to change that. So on top of this system, we also have society at large working against us. Because, you know, a, a song, radio edit, is about, what, three minutes, 20 seconds. A movie is roughly an hour and a half to two hours. And, you know, it's got to end. And it doesn't end with, and then we were all miserable, the end, right? It ends like a fairy tale, oh, you know, right. or it ends bittersweet, you know, like the end of Titanic, where he, 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 you know, sacrifices himself for her or something, right? So society sort of um, at large sells us this ridiculous myth that everything we want in life, we should have a skill set and be prepared and have a you know, education and make choices and all of this stuff for everything we want in life except the most important thing of all, love. We are sold the myth that love will just magically happen, you know, one day when you least expect it. Yes, I heard you guys talking in the beginning of the show. Love does not happen when we least expect it. Attraction might happen when we least expect it. Right? You walk into a room of a few hundred people, you've never met them before. We've all had this experience. You automatically connect with some people, and the majority of the people, you don't. They're like extras in your own personal movie. Right? Yeah, you, so you're not um, consciously making exactly, Yes, you, you make a good point. A um, there's, a, there's a huge difference between attraction and love. Huge. Um, there, there. One is, uh, it, it's quick and fast and sort of. Uh, what would you call it, Lovey? Um, <clears throat> attraction is skin deep, maybe, um, and love is taking it to a whole other level. And so, okay, yes. So attraction does happen by accident. Love requires some effort. Um, Orna, you also. Uh, you brought up something that now I'm not sure I have time to ask, and maybe we'll wait for till after the break. Wait about three minutes. <clears throat> but there is not an episode of this show that we have. Excuse me. <clears throat> whether it's about whether it's sex or personal grooming or uh, personal growth and empowerment, that the subject of childhood. Um, role models and love what we saw growing up does not somehow figure into the the equation it is in every show would you say that's yes, correct it, it, <clears throat> and and 
you know, our, I our history dictates who we are. It, yeah, it and it's a, it, that's another question for the ages. Um, how do you break the cycle, change the system, not be a legacy to what you saw growing up? <clears throat> if your if your initial primary role models weren't that great, and how do you attract healthy, stable love into your life? That's my question. And you have two minutes. <laughs> and then we have to go to that question, break. That is that is the question for the ages. So let's see if I can give an example to help you think about it differently. So, did one or both of you were you raised to believe in Santa Claus? Yes, I was. I. Right to a point, yes. At some point, and I was Jewish. That Santa Claus was no longer real, right? He wasn't a real person, and it was just a fairy tale that your parents made up, right? Yes. Really? You still angry You're telling me this for the first time, <laughs> you know, Matthew. Matthew, you've deeply traumatized <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's no Santa Claus. No, I, need a, I need a moment. Yeah, right? You're not holding on to that story anymore. Right? And so it tells us that there are some emotional stories that we have as children that we let go of easily and we don't hold on to. There are other emotional stories that we have a difficulty releasing. We have difficulty letting go of. And the work is about, in, in our minds, releasing these old emotional stories because they're, they're stories not in the sense to diminish them, but they're stories in the sense that they're not true. They're not true with a capital T. So we can't change the plot points of our past. However, changing the meaning that was assigned as a little kid is completely changeable, isn't a grown-up? And I disagree that attraction happens by accident. Attraction doesn't happen by accident. Attraction is born out of what is familiar, which is not an accident. We're actually programmed to be attracted towards what is familiar, to be drawn towards what is familiar by the subconscious. Because the subconscious mind has one job and one job only, and that is to keep you alive. And you do not need soul-satisfying, long-lasting love to be alive. It's heavy. That, There's some heavy shit there. That, that, yeah. Oh, woo. That's, uh, <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, that's that's going to take me we gotta over the break that. here so but, to process that. And, <laughs> and speaking of break, we have to go to a break, but uh, we're going to come back with uh, Orna and Matthew and uh, some other guests that are, are going to call in and um, hear what they have to say. So we will be right back. And now, back to done being single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, so I have uh, a question uh, relating to the sort of the accidental random nature of attraction and how it pertains to intense what what could turn into intense connections and how you know how would you know the difference? And the question is how those really intense connections we feel with people. Um, is that an example of a soul connection? And to that end, are is that necessarily, are they good? Are they to be examined? Are they to be explored? And how do you know the difference between what should stay just uh, an, an initial attraction and what should be taken deeper or explored deeper? Orna and Matthew. Oh, yeah, thank you. That's a, such a great question. Um, you know, the thing about those intense connections with people is, again, that is born out of what is familiar. So if you are a person who has been struggling to create the kind of love relationship you want, 
and you are, say, 35 plus. The real intense connection is probably not exactly what you're looking for. And I'll use myself as an example. I was single until after 40, and in my home, I grew up in a home of chaos and abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. So for me, love and pain were intertwined. So I found myself in a relationship in my 20s with a guy who, you know, I thought was the guy, right? We've all been there, right? And on New Year's Eve of 1994, he beat me. And honestly, it was the wake-up call of a lifetime because those physical wounds healed quickly. But what plagued my mind was, what? Like, how did that happen? Like, I know I'm smart. I graduated from UCLA with honors. And how did I choose somebody who would harm me when that's the last thing I wanted? But I had such an intense connection with him that there was no way I couldn't explore that relationship. I thought this had to be it. I was drawn to him like bees to honey. And it should have been like flies to poop because my love imprint was full of poop. And so ultimately, I had to get to the other side of it. I had to release this familiarity of love equals pain. I had to have new experiences that gave my subconscious mind a new concept that was in alignment with the love that was in the vision in my heart, in my true heart's desire. And so there, it is possible, again, to change the meanings that we have assigned to events. But if we just stumble through life thinking, oh, it's just going to magically happen one day when I meet this mythical right person who's a unicorn and I have to search through the cosmos to find this one right person for me, that's not actually the way lasting love happens. So I know it sounds really unromantic for me to say, you know, when Matthew and I started dating back in 2007, that, you know, the fact that we both continue to choose each other every day of the week, right, because ultimately lasting love is a choice. Um, But if it wasn't Matthew, it would have been somebody else. And I know that sounds unromantic. Now, that doesn't mean I wish it was somebody else. I'm over Only the moon excited, thrilled that it's Matthew. And I'm sitting yes. here on this couch with my beloved husband doing this work together. But if it wasn't Matthew, it would have been somebody else. Because the love that you seek is actually inside of you. You don't oh get love from another person. You share love with them. Where is the love you share with them? It's inside of you. So we say it like this. It's the love you have for yourself that is reflected back to you in your beloved's eyes. Very well put. And uh, we are so happy that you did find each other uh, and uh, are on the couch next to each other, just like uh, Trev and I are in chairs next to each other. Uh, uh, That's okay. Don't lie. I'm on your lap. (laughs) Facing you. Even when you're not. It's okay. So uh, we have... uh, some guests that we're going to bring on. Yeah, that, that are, can speak to exactly this, I think so. what we're talking and about. These are uh, very special friends of ours that are uh, instrumental, actually, for Trev and I being married, being a couple. Yeah. Getting together. And uh, so. And they have uh, their own very interesting yes, relationship story. And so let's bring on uh, Bobby and Madeline. Are you guys there? Hi, you guys. Hi. 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 Yes. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for being on. There might not be a Robbie and Trevor without uh, Madeline and Bobby, so thanks for the credit. <laughs> credit where credit is oh, deserved. Oh, yeah. A debt of, gra- of gratitude. There may be blame, too, but, uh, you know, it's okay. <laughs> when we, we get in a we, fight, yes. when we blame you guys. We, yes. Thanks a lot. It's equal. So, uh, <laughs> okay. tell us, Madeline and Bobby, 
Yes. Tell us uh, yeah. what's on your mind. <laughs> First time callers. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, was, I was listening to this, uh, the concept that, uh, that love, love at first sight doesn't really exist. And I, I actually don't believe that. I think that there is love at first sight. And I think it is something, you know, like uh, immediate attraction that's, you know, chemistry or cosmic or some other, you know, force bigger than all of us that, you know, attracts in the universe people together. Is that so what let me, let me attracted you to? Sorry, Bobby. Is that okay? Um, yes. So, sure. Orna and Matthew, um, I was married, and um, so I want to start off by saying, luckily, my ex-husband is very happily remarried, or I wouldn't be able to have a happy story about Bobby and I being successful. So that being said, I mean, of course, I don't advocate people, you know, have a, a relationship when you're married, but I think what Bobby was saying is that something about us just, I, there was a, a pull that was undeniable. So Bobby and I were sitting in his car on a street that has no reception, and all of a sudden, I'm nowhere near my phone. I see that my phone has now called my, my then-husband and has been recording for 10 minutes. So now the cat is out of the bag, and my ex-husband says to me, like, you know, what are you going to do? And so he contacts all these, like a therapist and all these things to try and get us help. And he had heard about a psychic. He didn't believe in psychics, but he was really trying everything to save our marriage. So this psychic comes into our house, and our friends have said, oh, my God, the psychic is unbelievable. She'll just tell you how the world will be. She walked into my house with my ex-husband at the time, and she says, is there another person in the house? And I knew exactly what she was going to say. And we said, no. She goes, I'm not going to have this reading because I'm not going to take your money. It is so obvious the feel, the, the presence of this, of this other man in Madeline's life. Their souls have been searching for each other for 3,000 years. They're not going to stop anytime soon. So thank you very much. I'm not going to go any further. That's, that's all I can feel in this house. Anyway, I really took that to be something because I thought that was just so amazing that she would say that. So, um, you know, I think that's what Bobby and I were talking about. We weren't looking, we weren't trying to end my marriage. There was just such a pull. And I always say one more thing also. When I think about my children, I had random encounters with their two fathers. And no relationship ended, but those souls had to be created. So I so do believe in fate and people coming together, you know, anyway. Bobby, you want to add anything? Um, I know. I, I mean, you said you said it all, but it's just that. I, I mean, I, I'm sure that it, it, it's something that, that you don't grow into. For me, at least, in my opinion, you don't grow into love. I mean, love in, in the deepest form would be definitely something that, that's far greater than you know something that's like a learned behavior. I think it's just it just is, you know. And and I'm, and I'm sure that, there, you know, there is love at first sight, and I'm sure that it is a random uh, thing, at least for me. I mean, I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't even describe it any other way. I couldn't, I couldn't explain, you know, my feelings any other way. Um, Orna, uh, to Madeline's point about fate, what do you say about that? I think we make our own fate. I think if you believe that you, if you believe, if you have the belief system that says you have to be lucky to have love, then you and you want love and you desire love, then you better freaking find a way to believe you're lucky in love because that's your belief system. Now, if you don't think you have to be lucky in love, luck it won't play a part in it. Our belief systems, what we believe is reflected back to us in the world in which we experience. 
I, I mean, I personally think there's infinite ways that people come together to create relationship. And, you know, our story has magic in it. I would guess that, Trevor, you, your guys' story has magic in it, right, in terms of how you came together. I would guess yes. as well that if you were just relying on magic for a long-lasting monogamous relationship over five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, right, that, that when the magic wore off, you would go, oh, I guess this relationship is ending. And so many people say things like that. We just grew apart. Because the feeling that came from the magic, the attraction, the love at first sight, whatever you want to call it, changed. And that's the nature of emotions. Emotions change. Feelings change. Right? Now, some people are lucky in that the romance stage of their relationship lasts a good long time. And that's a nice chemical high. Science has you know, put all the evidence behind what happens. It's like we're on heroin when we fall in love. And at some point, those chemicals wear off, and we all go through a power struggle in relationship. And how we manage that power struggle, how we get through that power struggle, determines whether or not we have skills to make lasting love or don't. I mean, sex is instinctual. We are born with the instinct to procreate. Long-term monogamous relationships is a social construct. We're either good at it or we're not. And we need to learn skills in order to be good at it. If everybody was waiting for magic, waiting for fate in order for love to really work, then I think, you know, I think we'd see what we see, which is 48% divorce rates. And 75% on third marriages. I, I have a, mes- a message. I have a question for Madeline. We only had two minutes, just mm-hmm. FYI. So Should I ask now? And then you can ask now. Okay. Let's, let's I want so so I know a little bit about Bobby and Madeline's relationship history, and it has at times not been easy. They have overcome incredible odds um, at certain times in their relationship, but they seem to have incredible courage and conviction to keep working through it. And what I want to know is, Madeline, what do you guys yeah. do? to keep the love kindled, what do you do to smooth out the rough spots? You have blended families, you have you know, your own histories going in. Um, I'd love for you to share with us your secret for success. Well, first of all, one is scaring me because uh, we, Bobby and I have both had two marriages, so if we do number three, our, our odds are not good, Bobby. <laughs> but um, no. we're going we're gonna to beat those odds. We're, we're going to be the 25% good state. Um, to answer your question, Trevor, um, first of all, I would never advocate the way that we started, the, the way, you know, that I was married and, you know, that was such a painful chapter for me and my ex-husband, and that is not a good way to start a relationship, and so I think that that set Bobby and I up right off the bat to have struggles. And, of course, you know, our children were, you know, just on so many levels, but we have just worked, we've really worked together and through all the struggles, because we love each other, and because we know that um, at, at the end of the day, we, we are together because we have such a pull, and these extraneous things that, that happened in our life, we do not let them tear us apart. And boy, they could have, you know. Okay, that's... I agree with everything that you said. Okay. Uh, yes. As, as a good man should. Uh, when his wife says something like that. So uh, we are going to go to our uh, last break here. What's that, Bobby? I said it's much easier that way, right? Yes, it it does make things go much smoother. What do they say? Happy wife, 
Happy life. Yes. That is true. Yeah, I like true. that. I like that, that motto. Even if I'm not a wife, I like that motto. Happy girl, happy life. <laughs> Okay, uh, so we are going to go to our last break, but we're going to come back with our guests, Bobby Madeline and Orna and Matthew Walters. So stay tuned. And now back to Done Being Single with Married Couple and Dating Ass Kickers, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. Uh, we are back, and uh, we are back with uh, Orna and Matthew Walters. Mm-hmm. And... Bobby and Madeline. Yeah. And uh, it's quite a crew today. We've got, it's like a um, brain trust of uh, information and, and um, knowledge and wisdom. And everybody's just been great. I mean, everybody has something to offer here and, and something to share. And So, Madeline, do you have something that you'd like to uh, ask uh, Matthew and Orna? Yes, I would. I'm, I'm so happy to be with the experts of Orna and Matthew, and um, their their love and relationship sounds beautiful and healthy, and I would like to know what is the, the main thing that you would tell people to do in a relationship to keep the magic that you were talking about alive for, for the whole time. Oh, I'm so glad that you would ask that. Um, the the reality is is you know everybody has challenges whether you're a single person or whether you're coupled right life throws us curveballs and we have challenges so the most important thing to have a relationship last is to learn the skill set to turn a conflict into a deeper connection. I want to say it this way, right? We all we all experience the power struggle in relationship. And in the power struggle, we're, we're desiring that the other person think, feel, react, whatever, more like we do. If you were just more like me, if you would just do it my way, right? I yeah. know how it's done. I know how it's done. Do this, right? And, and <laughs> we were at a tug of war with each other. If we can learn how to turn the power struggle into instead of fighting each other for our way, fighting for the relationship, right, then we can That's really beautiful. make a relationship last. That's such good advice, especially when two people have huge egos. Yeah, yeah that, that the conflict happens a lot. That's such good advice. Um, Madeline, question for you again. Um, what, yeah. what advice would you give to people? You, to you and Bobby are in a way, you know, you're sort of authorities on having fought hard and worked hard at love and, and your relationship. What would you, what have you learned and what would you um what advice would you give people? Well, Bobby and I did break up a couple times, and I think at the end of the day, we were just so unhappy without each other that, that even if we were ha- unhappy with each other, the, the you know, to not be together was just, it couldn't have been an option. I, I can't even imagine my life without him. And um, I just think that at the end of the day, with all the fighting and all the things that were going on, we just really just had to keep going, you know, Getting down to that love, that's the core, and what obstacles there were, just just working through it, because we knew at the end of the day, we had to be together, you know? I knew you were going to do that. I, I couldn't it's help a beautiful it. just, story. We love, we love that. Though. You know, we've been, uh, we've been watching and, and sort of following their story for a few years. As have... Many people on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> so it's real, you guys. This is this is you know this is no joke. Bobby and Madeline have, yeah, they've made love happen. Aww. yeah. And we're so happy for you and you, Bobby and Trevor. You're such a beautiful example of love. Oh, I just 
I love to be around you guys. I love everything about your relationship. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks. It's very sweet. Thank you. It's um, you know, it is work. They do it. it You've always, I've always heard that about, and I don't have relationship uh, experience. Mine were very short lived, you know. Mine, I was in and out, and um, so this is an interesting um, experience for me too because I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm sort of on the job training with this whole thing. Well, and I you told guys, you, Sarah, when I talked to you the other day, that I thought I thought you and Robbie are absolute soulmates. The fact that both of you were available, you're both fabulous people. You weren't with somebody else. You were. So meant to be together. I mean, if there's ever been two soulmates, it is you two. That is all right. Don't go overboard, awesome. Madeline. It's okay. We, you know, we. How we, much do we owe you? <laughs> it's for okay. That later. We'll pay you. Uh, so, uh, Bobby, Madeline, want to thank you both for being on the show, uh, and uh, we are, you know, kind of slowly wrapping up our last segment here. But we want to talk more about um, what Matthew and Orna have available for everybody that's listening. Yeah. Go ahead, Orna, Matthew. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys up to? Listen, I want to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Plug away. Um, Well, we actually have a uh, short video uh, series that anybody can uh, pick up as a free gift to your listeners. It's uh, three short videos, and the first one is Why Smart Women Stay Single, and we can assure you it's not what you think. And all your listeners can pick that up at creatingloveonpurpose.com slash smart-women. So creatingloveonpurpose.com slash smart-women. Great. We, we can post that too. On and in that video series, <laughs> we'll get all kinds of tips, tricks, insights into, you know, what's really going on when it comes to love and how it's really working in your mind. And men can learn as much from re- watching this video, I'm sure, that as women. The concepts are the same for men as they are for women. They're just a little different in terms of how we approach relationship. Um, but otherwise, the concepts are all the same. Yes, men have a love imprint. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, really what's different when we're coaching a client who's a man versus a woman is when we start talking about the dance of the masculine and feminine and, uh, and some of the dating strategies. But... All of the intro stuff is uh, certainly men will learn quite a bit, even by understanding why smart women stay single. They can just plug in men there as well. So with that said, I I should probably give equal time to Bobby since he is a man. And Bobby, I'm going to ask the same question to you as I did to Madeline. What have you learned and what advice Uh, quickly? Yeah, real quick. We've got two minutes. What have you learned from your relationship, what advice would you give others? Um, well, I mean, I, I guess you, you could, it's sticking sticking with it and, and following through and not giving up is, is is really important because it's so easy to just throw the towel in at any time. And, and if I, I didn't have any strong feeling, this would totally be a relationship. I would have just like walked from, you know, a dozen or more, more than a dozen times. I mean, I would have just like early on, almost every year, almost every month, walked away if there wasn't something at stake. And the thing that was at stake was the the higher higher degree of love that um, is something that's inexplainable to me. You know, that, that first sight, that attraction thing. That is beautiful. So I'm saying stick with it. Well, I, I'm 
happy to hear that. I know. <clears throat> Excuse me, Madeline's happy to hear that so too. He's so choked up. I am he's... choked up about it. That's, that's really lovely. <laughs> uh, so uh, back to Matthew and Orna. Do you have any uh, tip of the week? A tip of the week for our listeners. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of it is stuff we've been talking about today, but the truth is, is love ultimately is a choice. You know, uh, even your, your friends, your guests on here have talked about making a choice over and over and over again. Despite the fact that fate intervened and the psychic and everything, they still had to make the choice to continue to be in love. So when we realize that love is a choice and love are skills we need to learn, then we can actually create long-lasting love. And I agree with all that. I would like to plus it, if you will, um, that ultimately choosing love is, um, is, is the way to creating a blissful life. So the first person you have to choose to love, most of all, first and foremost, is yourself. When you really can choose to be loving with yourself, even when you make a mistake, right, even when you screw things up, even when you maybe didn't behave in, you know, from your highest and best self. If you can choose to be loving with yourself in those moments, you will increase the love in your life and you will make all of your relationships easier because choosing love with yourself allows you to then have the skill to choose love with another. Oh, that's lovely. That's such good advice. And uh, it's something that we speak about a lot on the show. Oh, yeah. And uh, thank you, uh, Orna and Matthew Walters, for uh, being great guests. Thank you, Bobby and Madeline, for being great guests. Uh, thank you, Trina. Thank you for having yeah. us. Thank you well, for being a great host. All right, you guys. We so, are... Uh, having a, have are a great done? week, everybody. Are we uh, done being single? Uh, we are done being single. I think everybody on this show is done being yes. single. Uh, and uh, have a great week, everybody. And we will be back next week. New surprises. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this week to Done Being Single. Join Trevor and Robbie Sharp every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. See you next week on Done Being Single.